You're listening to the New Hope Church podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Randy Spade. Hey, good morning. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad that you are here with us today. Welcome. My name is Randy. I'm one of the pastors here at New Hope. Today we start a new series. The series is called Believe, Live. How many of you can remember the first time that you read the book of John straight through as a book? I don't think I can remember it. It's it's been a day. It's 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 been a while. In fact, you know, I didn't even read the book of John through as a book till I was probably in my 20s. I spent my time reading pieces of the book of John, a verse here, a passage there, a story over there. And that was kind of it. The fact is, the book of John is written as a book. It's got a beginning, it's got a middle, and it's got an end. Now, part of what we're trying to do with reading through the Bible in a year is to develop the habit of reading through books as books. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we read through the book of John together. I hope you enjoyed that. Now, the way an author frequently will communicate his ideas is by writing a preface or maybe an introduction to his book. In that introduction, he tells us why it is that he's writing the book. Well, John has an introduction. But we don't find the introduction until we get to the very end of the book. He puts his introduction in chapter 20. So if you read the book of John seriously as a book, you got to read it twice. Because you don't find out what he wants to communicate until you get to the end. John was just uh, sneaky that way. You know, we start reading through the book of John. Ah, gorgeous book, beautiful ideas. We see a lot of philosophical ideas at the beginning. We we see stories about John the Baptist and then stories from the life of Jesus. We see Jesus' teachings and we learn a lot. We see miracles. We see so much. It's hard to keep track of everything that we see. Then we come to chapter 20. And John writes his introduction. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones that are recorded in this this book. But these, these what? These miraculous signs are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his names. Now, I I underline three words there, and they're the three themes that run through the book of John. 
signs, believe, and life. So our new series is called Believe, Live. Comes out of these, out of, out of this verse. So we get to the end of the book of John, we see the introduction, and we say, okay, so we got to go back. We got to go back, we got to look for the signs. Well, when we do, guess what we find? John chapter 2 tells the story of Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana in Galilee. And at the end of that story, John says, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the miraculous signs through which he revealed his glory. Now, if you remember the introduction, we see the signs and then what happens? We believe. Well, his disciples saw the sign and his disciples believed in him. It worked. They saw the sign. They have faith. A couple of chapters later, uh, we get the story of Jesus and Nicodemus. We go through that. Then there's John the Baptist and his disciples, and we go through that. Jesus talks to a woman near the well of Jacob in Samaria. We go through that. And then we get the story of a Roman official who comes to Jesus and he says, my son is sick. Please come with me to my house and heal my son. And after talking to him for a little bit, Jesus just says, go on home. I've healed your son already. Now, the Roman official, he's, he's Roman. He probably lives in Damascus because that was the center of the Roman government for that whole area of Palestine. It's about a day's journey away, so he goes home, and when he comes near his home, his servants come out, and they say, your son is healthy. Yesterday, he just got up. The Roman official said, what time? They said it was about one o'clock. And the Roman official said, that's exactly when I was talking to Jesus and Jesus said, I've healed your son. So then John writes, this was the second sign that Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. John numbers his signs. He lets us know. He says, here's something happened. That is miraculous sign number one. Then this happens. That is miraculous sign number two. And we think, ah, oh, gee whiz, this is going to be easy. John just numbers his signs. Well, guess what? That's the end of the numbering. He figures, he's shown us the first two. We got to figure it out on our own now. Now, he uses the word sign 17 times in the book. And it appears like the sign is more than just a miracle. There were other miracles that occurred in uh, John 2 and then in John 4. I mean, in John 2, he looks at Nathaniel. 
And when Philip brings him to Christ, Jesus says, Nathaniel, I saw you sitting under the fig tree when Philip went to talk to you. Whoa, it's a miracle. It's not a sign. John chapter 4, Jesus looks at the woman at the well and he says, bring your husband. She says, I don't have one. He says, that's right. Because you've been married five times and you're living with a man who's not your husband now. Whoa, that's a miracle. But it's not a sign. So what separates the signs from just plain, ordinary, everyday miracles? Is there such a thing? Well, apparently this. First of all, to be a sign, it has to be public. Jesus talking to Nathaniel and Philip. That was just the three of them. That wasn't public. Jesus talking to the woman at the well. It was just Jesus and her. That wasn't public. All of the other signs are public. The wedding at Canaan, Galilee. The healing of the Roman official's son. There were lots of people around. Why is that important? So there are eyewitnesses. So there are people that you can go to. You can investigate and they can say, yeah, I was at the wedding. Yeah, you should have seen it. The water he brought out and it was wine. Secondly, it has to be a miracle. And then third, faith follows when you see the sign. Well, now if that's the criteria, we look through the book of John and we find seven signs. We've seen the first two already. In John chapter 2, he turns water to wine. In John chapter 4, he heals the official's son. In John chapter 5, he heals a man who has been lame for 38 years. In John chapter 6, he feeds 5,000 people. That's public. He feeds 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch. Five little biscuits and two sardines that his mommy had packed him. John chapter 9. He heals a man who had been blind from the day he was born. His eyes had never functioned. Jesus puts mud on them, tells them to go wash, and he does, and he comes back with perfect vision. John chapter 11. He raises Lazarus from the grave. And then in John chapter 20, Jesus himself comes back from the dead. Seven signs. Now, I bet when you read through the book of John, you thought, man, it's, it's just miracle after miracle. Well. There's seven of them. There's seven signs that John wanted to point out. Now, the interesting thing is that we learn something new about faith with every sign. So here in this sermon series, we're going to go through the seven signs. Just take a look at them. See what it has to teach us about faith in Jesus. Second topic that John talks about. He talks about signs, but he talks about believing. So we look at the word believe in John. He uses the verb believe 98 times. 
in the book of John. That's roughly five times every chapter. He does not use the word faith at all. Not even one time. Scenes that John is trying to communicate to us. That faith is not a thing to be possessed. Faith is an action to be lived. You get that? Get the difference? Faith is not something you have. Faith is something you do. And John calls us to believe. And when we believe, he calls us then to life. So what does it mean to believe? Well, we looked already just real quickly at the story of Jesus and a Roman official. It uses the word believe there twice. First time, the man comes to Jesus and he says, uh, my son is sick, come with me and heal my son. Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and he started home. The first meaning of the word believe is to accept something as true. The Roman official heard what Jesus said and he said, well, okay then. And he started for home because he believed that what Jesus said he would do. He believed that what Jesus said was truth. Now he gets home and servants come out, says, your son is healed. He said, when? He said, about one o'clock yesterday. He said, that's exactly when I was talking to Jesus. And then it says, the father realized that this was the very time Jesus had told him, your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. Now this goes way beyond just accepting something is true. This time, believing means, I see what Jesus did, and I identify with him. I now believe something about Jesus. I believe he's the Messiah. I believe he's the Son of God. But it goes even beyond that. It's saying, I will now live my life according to what Jesus teaches. I will now align myself with Jesus. I will now orient my life to Jesus. What he says I should do, I'll do it. So believing has those two meanings. Accepting something as true. There are certain things that we believe about Jesus to be true. But believing also means that we follow. That we submit ourselves to him. That we obey. That we align ourselves with Jesus. So that's what John says about signs. That's what John says about believing. What does he say about living? Well, 
John uses the word life 36 times in his gospel. Roughly half of them deal with eternal life. In fact, the very opening words of John, the word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. From the very start, John starts off saying that we are born in darkness. We are born in death. But Jesus brings to us light. He brings us to life. Just a couple of chapters later, John chapter 8, Jesus starts talking to the crowd and he says, now, let me tell you, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God, who sent me, will have eternal life. They'll never be condemned for their sins, but they've already passed from death into light. I am the light of the world, John says. John chapter 8, verse 12. He says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Jesus says, I came to give you light, and in giving you light, you have life. See the sign. Believe in the one who did the sign and have life. Receive life. I want to talk about a Hollywood actor. Do you know who Chris Pratt is. I like Chris Pratt because when I'm out on the street, I frequently am mistaken for Chris Pratt. <laughs> why, why are you laughing? <laughs> now, Chris Pratt, he's been in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's been in Jurassic World. He's, he's sort of the up-and-coming action hero. And he frequently talks about his faith in God. Now, a couple of years ago, he told a magazine, and not a Christian magazine. I, it, it was one of the magazines that you see in the grocery market uh, checkout aisle. Uh, he told them about his conversion. He said, I was living in Hawaii, living in my car, and one day I was standing outside a grocery store. Two of my friends were in the grocery store buying some stuff, and they were going to come out, and then we were going to go and have fun during the day. He said, this guy named Henry came by, and he asked him, what are you doing tonight? Pratt said, uh, I don't know. So the guy said, will you fornicate tonight? Pratt said, I certainly hope so. <laughs> Henry said, you're going to do drugs? You're going to drink? Pratt said, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah, more than likely. Well, 
you know, two out of the three, but, but maybe all three, I don't know. Henry said, well, I stopped because Jesus told me to stop and talk to you. He said to tell you that you're destined for greater things than that. Pratt's friends came out of the grocery store. Pratt looked at him and said, uh, hey guys, I, I'm going to go with this guy today. And he went with them and he talked to him and he gave his heart to Jesus that day. Within a couple of days, he said he was stuffing envelopes for Henry's organization, Jews for Jesus. Now Pratt is not Jewish. I tell you that story not because I think Chris Pratt is a model Christian. I think he is sincerely trying. He makes mistakes just like I do. We'll see where Pratt ends up. But I tell you that story because of Henry. I tell you that story because here is a man who stood up and let himself be seen. He was a sign that Chris Pratt needed to see. And when Pratt saw someone living a Christ-centered life, he said, you know what? I want that. I want to do that. This is what John is about. See the sign. Sign might be a miraculous sign. Sign might be just approaching somebody out of the blue, starting a conversation with them. Sign might be the way you live your life and how it's different from everybody else around you. The sign might be you simply being a disciple of the Lord Jesus. See the sign. Believe and live. I guess what we're trying to say this morning is as we live, love, and go like Jesus, don't be afraid to let it show. Let them see the sign in your life. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.